What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Joe Bonamassa here with another episode of Live from Nerdville. Today we are broadcasting from California, the original Nerdville facility that is like Disneyland for guitar collectors that I do not suggest anybody attempt because I'm stuck with all this crap that you see around me. Anyway, my I'm so honored today to introduce my guest. Um, I've been a fan of her work for so long, and um, I'm, I'm honored to call her a friend, and I'm just, again, just really honored to introduce the great Anna Popovic. Anna, thank you for being on the program. Hey, Joe, thank you. So good to see you. Nice, and I'm glad to see I'm not the only one that has a room that has gear and guitars hanging and amps plugged in, and, you know, we're right. all the same. Yeah. Right? It's, uh, it's been used so much these days because my son, who is 12, he formed a band recently. So uh, it's, it's in and out. It's, it's messy. And, uh, but, but hey, that's what the music rooms should be. They has, have to be used, right? That's the idea. Absolutely. Now, are there any guitars in iShot uh, eye here that, are, that, are not, uh, uh, that your son's not allowed to play? I'm looking at a very nice Sunburst Strat oh, uh, to your that's left. That's my that's my sixty four. Uh, you know, I'm that kind of a mom. I just I just let him use anything for music. So yes, he can. He, however, uh, the 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 reissue fifty seven is his favorite because right. it's got a lower action. So right. he actually kind of bypasses the original sixty four track. Goes to that. By the way, congratulations. Um, I was reading that um, you have just surpassed twenty years. Yes. Uh, in the business. And uh, congratulations, because, you know, this is not an easy business to be in. And it's also, you know, it's, it's, it's very difficult to navigate a career over, you know, over time. And you've, you've managed to, to do great. And you're putting out your best stuff now in your 20th year. So congratulations on, uh, on, on surviving this business. For Thank you. Thank you. And what a moment to celebrate. You know, I think I said it too loud. Um, a few times they were asking me, well, you know, 20 years, that's incredible coming from Europe, coming from Serbia. I mean, how many people from Europe can you name, especially continental Europe, to have a successful career for 20 years being a woman guitar player, you know? And I think I said it too loud. I said, I've been to, to, to a few crises. I, but I always played. I never, I never had a low, you know, I never had a low year. Um, playing in Serbia during Milosevic, when nobody had a job, I had a job. Then I went to, to Holland. You know, there's been a crisis, whatever, 2007, we all remember, right? Everybody's struggling. We had gigs, you know. If one agent kind of slows down, hey, we got 10 other countries that are going. So we never had, I never had a slow year and always over 100 shows for 20 years, Joe. So this is the first one. And I said, whatever you do to my kids also, like, you know, play an instrument. You never know, you might need it. This is the first time. It's like, I think I said it too, too loud. You know, we are just, you know, we are just quarantined and, and there is no country that's actually working. You know, that's crazy. You know, I remember being um, in London in January and we were recording a, a, a new album and I, I, I caught like an upper respiratory thing around Christmas and it kind of just kept going and going and going. And I said, man, I, I and, and a few of my friends had it and it was the same kind of deal. And I go and I happened to just speak the words out loud. And I said, man, I, I, I man, this is going to be a bad year for upper respiratory, um, you know, things that are going around. And literally five weeks later, 
brick wall shut down March 12th. I mean, how has that been? I mean, like you're one of those artists that are constantly in perpetual motion. If you're not touring, you're you're writing, you're recording. Yes. You know, but it's all fueling the machine. You know, you're you're putting out records to get back oh. on the road, and you're going oh. on the road to promote the record. I mean, how how has it been to just go? Oh my God! This you know, I mean, well, again, this is the first time, and I I I learned to switch. You know, so you know, uh, there was a problem. You know, in the past with with the agent. Okay, next next country. We never. You know, we we, we have to. You know, uh, take away concerts. We always have too many concerts. And now that I have a family, well, my my deal was always 120 shows a year. That's it. I need to write. I need time for my family. I need time to right. just relax. We were in the middle of the tour. Uh, that was really uh, going great, and it was, I think, even almost almost three three weeks, which is a long time for me at a time on the tour. Uh, and and then in the middle we had to stop, you know. So I'm I'm at home, right? And even now, I mean, I don't know how you do that, but I I feel a certain responsibility being a band leader. Okay, I can I can just drop everything and say, you guys in the band, you know, find side jobs, do whatever you can. I feel responsible, right? So I need to make certain shows happen. Now, guess what? We can't. There has to be a way, though. So what we did last week and two weeks ago, um, you know, we had we had four shows and they all came like, OK, we're going to do a virtual thing. We're going to do a driving shows. Every second parking spot is free. Right. And then there was a limited limited capacity of the club and the club was like, just just come, you know, with the acoustic guitar. We love you. You know, come play. And I'm like, I, I need to have band play yeah. you know i feel you know it's, it's easy to say okay oh you know what we're all gonna start doing acoustic now let's all start doing a two-piece band or something it's right. that's not the deal you know so i'm still trying to be creative with these four shows we got we got um private events coming up this week and three shows and i'm happy i'm, I'm supporting i'm i'm giving my band work you they need to work you know and they can't work some freaking part-time jobs in, in, in some warehouses they want to play right so i don't know how you feel about it i think like it's it's gonna change, you know. It's gonna change, and there's gonna be a demand for smaller bands. I have a fantastic six-piece band on both sides of the ocean. We were yeah. so looking forward to your cruise, but uh, yeah. you know. So I, I don't know how it's gonna, but I am determined to keep it going. And if that means that it's gonna be some private event with a, with with a, a less people, living room sessions. Uh, you have to be creative nowadays. You know? Yeah, I mean, everybody's using the word pivot. Everybody's got a pivot, meaning that we've done it in a certain way for so long. Yeah. But now it's just going to be, you know, everybody's going to rewrite the rule book. One, yeah. one of the things I wanted to ask you, um, because you are from Belgrade, and, mm -hmm. you know, and one of the things I was reading about you is like, and I'm not sure if a lot of people know, it's like you were, you were, you, you were about to be a graphic designer. And 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 started off kind of that, but like, what what was the what was the music side of it? Like, I always ask everybody who who plays, and even the journalists I've interviewed, there has to be a host. Where was who was the host musically that 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 lit the fire and said, "Here, Anna, check these records out," and 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 here's a guitar. Who put who put the music in your hands? At the yeah. My, my father has a lot of uh, music at home, and we grew up listening and jamming, you know, right. he, he's a hobby guitar player, and um, I always, you know, they really recognized that, which was unusual at Serbia at the time, obviously, people were struggling, and um, 
uh, you know, for somebody like a parent to go to a music store and get you a super reverb uh, and, and uh, put your guitar in your hand, it was a, this one, uh, 57 ratio. I, I have it since I was 18. And, wow. you know, he made sure I had guitar books and I had, you know, the PA for my band. And I'm hosting now the band rehearsals here for my son. But I remember at that time, you know, my mom was always cooking food. We always had, you know, the music musicians wanted to come because it was a music home, you know. And, uh, but, but, you know, I always thought, first, I see beautiful things in everything. I'm really, really inspired. And I am inspired by other forms of art. You know, I love interior design. I get inspired by museums, even for writing music. I get inspired by looking at beautiful uh, architectural pieces. Everything's connected. You see, art is connected. So whenever I don't have an inspiration for a song, you can get inspiration from looking at beautiful, beautiful art. So I'm, I'm really much still in touch with uh, that design side. I, I don't paint anymore. I don't do any of that. I don't have time for that. But, but I still, I still enjoy it. Right. Uh, and I could see myself doing something like that at some point. You know, I still have a, a wild dream of opening a gallery in Amsterdam at some point in my, in my, in my life, and 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 you know, do do beautiful things. You know. Um, Unfortunately, we don't have enough time for everything. But if I did, I would have run parallel something with art, too. So, you know, what was the music scene like in Belgrade in the 90s? Because, you know, there was a war going on in Kosovo and, and, and Milosevic was in power. And, and, and that part of the world, the Baltics were, were it was a it was a. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I remember watching on television when when uh, NATO bombed the city of Belgrade. But you were yeah. you were there. I was, I was just in Holland studying uh, gu guitar when right. that happened. But my family was there and everything that led to that time. Um, in a way, we in our house, because it was a music house, it was like an oasis, you know, and it was incredible how much uh, positivity and, and, uh, and, and good vibes music can give you in such times. So you, you go into that elevator, you go up to the 11th floor you, with all your gear, drum, right. bass, the elevator stops, there is no electricity, you wait for it to start working again, then finally those drums are inside and we have a freaking party, you know, and, right. and my friends, that were at that time 18, 19, 20, and my dad's friends that were 50, and collectively we just we just jam, you know, and 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 I mean that gave me so much uh, energy, and obviously looking around you, what I told you, uh, people were working for for you know 100 bucks a month, that was their salary. Guess what? We had four gigs a night, and and no matter where, people still have, and no matter how little they have, they always have enough for a drink or enough to come in and see the band. So those those were very crucial years for me, and not to mention that at that time it was it was very unusual to have a woman leading a band. So right. that all I saw that change happen uh, everywhere in the world, basically, and also there, especially in Serbia. Right, first we were playing blues, second we singing in English, and this and the third we got a you know lady for uh, running the band. You know that it's all new, but if you can do it in Serbia, you can you can do it anywhere. What, what was it about the blues that that drew you in? Because I mean, like you know, you grew up in a musical household. I'm sure there was all types of music being played, and you know, I, I just remember when my dad was playing me records, everything from like Jethro Tull to Yes songs and Zeppelin and stuff like that. When he would put the blues records on, I was like, I want to be involved in that. I, you know, what was it, what was it about the blues that 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 drew you in initially? I, I think 
I don't know what it was, but I know it was a very early age. And I remember exactly hearing Steve Ray Vaughan and, and, and hearing Robert Johnson and how hearing Elmer James was, I was, I was, I was maybe six, five, you know, and it was just right. a fine music to my ear. Uh, it wasn't like I was a kid and, and, and I didn't dig that. It was actually to the contrary, that pulse and that rhythm. And I guess that, that, you know, black sound to it, uh, soul or Memphis or, you know, um, I mean, Chicago blues, uh, Junior Wells, Buddy Guy. This is something that a kid, I was I was five years old. It, it wasn't a teenage time that I know for sure. And uh, I, I also remember that we had a lot of hosted a lot of parties. My dad used to host a lot of parties. And then and then I remember that contrast. OK, there's a lot of aunts here tonight and a lot of grandmas and uh, Maybe they want to hear James Brown so they can dance, and they right. not necessarily want to hear the blues. But guess what? All the guys want to hear Amo James. So I noticed that, and I at that early age, I thought, you know, my music. I'd love to make a connection between the two, so it would be as interesting for the ladies as as for the guitar players and the guys. And and you know, there's there's a lot of things that you form from from your home really that the, the, the aspects to that but yeah I, I really got a lot into blues and uh, I mean um, Albert King and, and, and Freddie King of course and, and Clapton we used to watch those VHS tapes um, and really analyze stuff you know and analyze as a family you know I can't get my kids to sit around the concert but we actually would it was evening 6 p.m sit down at the couch and then and then there's a there's a concert clapton and we analyze we analyze what does he do with the with the right hand you know what is bb uh, king's thrill you analyze what the band's doing you know what's the hi-hat doing was the yeah that was our evening you know yeah you know it's funny you mentioned you mentioned uh video tapes i had about um <laughs> and we are dating ourselves right now ladies and gentlemen pre-youtube <laughs> There, yes, there was a time with when the internet wasn't around. Um, I remember I had about I had about a dozen um, videos that I would recycle, and it was everything from, you know, Spyro Gyro Live at the Montreux Jazz Festival, BB King. I had this really right. kind of, of, friends, of course, that was hot back in the day. Yeah, and then you know it was it was like uh, an old REH video of Albert King playing a club in Iowa, and what I found is I would. I would recycle them, and I every time I would put them on, I would hear something new, yeah. and and be able to pick something yeah. up. Now the content is so vast, you can just you know you can find anything in two clicks. Yeah. You know, if you look hard enough. And do you think having the having access to all that material now is an advantage or a disadvantage that some people just watch something once and then they never go back because there's so much to watch. Do you think having a limited access helped help nurture your music because you were just putting, vid the, the you know, obviously you had a, a small collection of videos. Do you think having that, that the, the ability to just watch them over and over again help nurture your, your, your music? It did for me, for sure. I can say that for me. I don't know how everybody else works, you know, how their how their attention spam works. For me, right. it definitely helped. Because I was, I was yes, yesterday, I was working on my channel for True Fire, right? There is uh, Power Blues Drive, Anna Popovich, which is interesting. Right. True Fire is incredible. You know, they have so many artists. I got this old pass. And, you know, I went and um, looked at different videos and, and sat down with Robin Ford, you know, and, and did some, you know, some of his school. And, and I mean, I'm sitting there. And I went over different players and I mean there is so much I forgot where I was you know back in the day there was a George Benson right 
yeah. whatever that that what you had work with that and then i remember robin robin had uh you know back in the day those vhs i had a few of those guitar schools that's what you have you know so you have right now it is like you by the time you click on this there there's three others popping up and um i i don't know how it does i mean the kids nowadays have a different span of attention but uh for me it definitely worked that i was just closed in serbia and once a year there is a record that came out and you know bb king and friends and we we spent a year analyzing that record or record. anything else that would come out you know uh, you, you know, remember Gary Moore when he came up with, with Still Got the Blues? I mean, that was a year of a news, you know? You just kind of go to friends, you sit down, you analyze what they're doing. Nowadays, you can't you can't catch up, right? You can't catch up, but there's so much material. I mean, like, you know, one, one of the things that, like, encourages me is, like, is, like, young people now have such a vast vocabulary of, like, where did you learn it? It's like, YouTube. And I'm like, oh, that's right, because you can, you can... You know, I remember, I remember, like the I had a cassette deck, and if I was learning a riff, I I would I would play and then quickly rewind it, quickly rewind it, and and then and then finally I just would give up and just I'll just make up something that's kind of in the spirit of it. But now everybody knows every inflection, note for note. Tell me about like you know when you do like um, stuff for like True Fire and Instruction. Um, do you teach broad concepts or are you just, okay, here's how you play this lick and, you know, and, and that's it? Yeah, you know, I spend a little time thinking what is the best way to approach it. And, you know, I think the uh, benefit, I think, to, to maybe, at least what, what my audience asks me when they come up to the show is the benefit they can they can hear this song, like you mentioned with with uh, like it on top that that record is very open, right? It's it's very Nashville uh, sounding. Uh, yeah. That that's the basic for the songwriting. Now then they can check out my new DVD with my six piece band, which is a firepower, right? It's right. it's incredible. We take it somewhere else. Yeah. Now you can take a look at that and take a look at what I'm playing right there um, and and compare the two. I'm not on my channel so far, and I haven't done too many. Uh, I started it a few months ago. I think uh, you need to be a, a certain uh, level blues player because uh, I'm not going to go and tell you which string, which fret. I, I don't want to do that. But I do want to tell you when I was when I'm approaching the solo how I'm going to do that. You know, there there is a certain beginning to the solo uh, and it needs to have a tension and it needs to have a great closure, right? Now the band is playing this on a hi hat tonight. I'm going to approach it a little different so that I keep your attention. I'm going to be ahead uh, of the beat. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this in the middle and and then I'm gonna you know I'm gonna uh, maybe talk a little bit more about that uh, how I put you know my soul and my approach into something that's called 12 bar blues because they can see the scales and they can see everywhere you know you can go from way better players than me and and analyze whatever they're doing and on top of that I don't I never think what I do I mean I studied jazz 20 years ago and that was the last time that I actually you know I really love to let go when I'm on stage I love to feel the rhythm and the groove I love to be in the pocket I love to play with the pocket be ahead of the beat behind the beat you know play with a, with a touch you know you, you you can do so much without the pick or the right hand with the pick so those are some instructions that I give them and then I play we have a, a little fun part where I've got jam with me that I've been getting some videos back like i jam leave some space they jam and it's been wonderful you know it's been wonderful because i love that 
uh, interaction with my audience. I always do it after the set and I go there, I talk to them and, and now I can't, I, I couldn't since March. So this <laughs> this true fire has been wonderful, seriously. And, uh, but it did, it did let me think a little bit about, okay, wh why do I do certain things certain way, you know, in my play. Tell me about your concept of a live versus a studio record. Like, um, you have a six-piece band, horns, it's great, you know. Um, a, are you the principal arranger? And B, do you listen to the version on the album and say, well, we should try to get it as close as we can, or are all bets are off and we're just going to do our own thing to the song because the album is a snapshot of where we were last year and this tour we're going to do something different with the songs. Tell me, take me through your process of arranging for mm -hmm. a live format. Well, I'm definitely the main arranger of everything. You know that is that 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 is what I still am, and um, uh, both. You know, throughout my career, I look back and I, I listen to some songs, and yes, this is the right drum pattern we recorded here five years ago. No, this is. I had something else in mind. Maybe I didn't even know I had something else, but I did. So I'm gonna have. I'm gonna surround myself with musicians that are really very inspirational. You know, that's right. for one. I want them to play, and that was like one of the things that I had with Kevin in the studio. You know, and that was the difference where 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 um, like how we work is. Um, uh, you know, he gathers these incredible musicians, right, in the studio, right. and and then he likes to tell them how to play, and I'm like, let them play, let right. the people play, you, you know, there, there is a certain, I am always finding that nice spot where they're excited about the song, you know, there there is a moment in the recording where you can feel their excitement, you've got to capture that, don't let them overplay, don't let them, re don't record it when they're not ready yet, but there is a fine spot when you feel them jam, very organic and very natural. Now I want that on the tape, you know. Right. Uh, uh, and and this, well, the the band. I will go and I will tell them I want I want that pattern. Now the drummer might have done that uh, hi hat pattern only one time in the song. I'm gonna go back to that particular one and I want the whole song like that. We talk about it. But then maybe my drummer has a better idea right there and I'll take that. But I definitely. Um, really feed off musicians you know I, I really want musicians to shine every musician has a, a, a particular thing he's very good at right it might be the shuffle it might be the uh, that nobody else does better and i um i, I really wanna, wanna want to want that so i'm kind of the boss in the band but i i definitely don't expect them to sit around waiting uh, for me to tell them what to do i, I want to be inspired i want them to give me three options and i want to be so overwhelmed with all three that i don't know how to choose you know that's the ultimate and it's, you know, and, and sometimes you get the happy accidents. You're like the stuff you didn't think about and somebody just goes someplace. I've been in the studio, um, you know, cutting like guest solos with producers that it, it, at first I take it as an affront. They want, want me to do many, many takes. And after like the fifth take, I said, listen, um, you know, I'm working for two Diet Cokes here. Yeah. And, and, and B, it's probably not going to get any better, you know. And then I realized like there's some people that need to suffer for the art. And then there's then there's the school I kind of come from going it's 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 like taking a whole bunch of polaroid pictures and putting them together. That's an album. And it's not sometimes it's not it's not the best picture. You maybe you can't blow it up and put it on the wall as a lithograph, but but there's something organic about the intent, you know, yeah. and 
and it's like it's it's really important. I think I think you capture that. You know, I've seen you play live a bunch, and you yeah, know, you're you're, you're in the moment. You're you're in the moment, and you're constantly adjusting based constantly. on your audience, constantly. based on your band, based on how you feel. Yeah, constantly. It's so funny because we got two horn sections, right? The European one that's been with me forever because we started playing all the shows in Europe with the horn section way before we did it in the states, and then I and then American ones, and then I I just. I don't even have to tell them, you know, I just, I just, they see what the, for example, what the Americans are doing. I come back to Europe, they already adjusted everything. We're on a new role. So it's constantly evolving. So whenever I go and say, oh, uh, I come back to Europe three months later, it's like, have we done this this way? Because there's constantly new segues. Bass player, my bass player and me, we, 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 we work on new segues as we, as we speak, you know, when we talk on the phone, hey, let's do this this way, send music, even nowadays, you know, there's always a new show in the making, and right. I, we mastered it on that last DVD, seriously, I mean, that uh, Live for Life that came out just in the, in the midst of pandemic. Yeah. You know, live for life. And I waited 10 years to do a DVD, seriously. And I, I had a bunch of them done. Cameras, everything free for me to use. Fat cameras. I wasn't, it wasn't ready. You know, it wasn't something I want to leave behind. And finally, this one is like the right musicians playing the songs the, the right way. And um, that, that, that really, I mean, whatever we did on your cruise, when was that? That's a whole other show, you know. And, and right. uh well, I can't wait to demonstrate this band. So hopefully, we'll get to do it in 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 August next year, right? Hopefully, yeah. Well, I, that's what everybody's planning on. Um, do you like to rehearse? Because I don't. I I like to get it kind of. I kind of like to get everybody just. I like to get the sketches and then let the first couple of shows work out the details. Well, uh, I have a rule that I don't rehearse with nobody. Everybody gets wow. there. I mean, I rehearse, but I want to say I'm not going to sit with you, go through the song. Like, right. rehearsal, we're going to do these songs. And right. if, it, if, if it's an old catalog, they're going to make it, uh, uh, they're going to do it at home. And then when we get together, it's going to be 120% ready. That 120, that comes from like, I got these three versions for you. Which one do you want? Because right. like, maybe, like now, we, like they, they call me and they're like, we're going to approach this different. We had four people for the two weeks ago shows, right? Four pe no six people, four people. And um, four piece band. And my drummer and my bass player, they're like, you've got to get into the old stuff. Anna. You've got so many good songs. It's right. 20th anniversary. We want to play new stuff. Don't try to mimic six piece band with a four piece. Let's just go into your acoustic stuff, the right. jazz stuff. So I did, and I, I picked the songs, and there was a whole new set. Uh, my drummer had a cajon, you know, I had acoustic on stage, half-half, acoustic right. electric. And I mean, um, they are done. We, we meet at the sound check, and they got, you know, we go through the stuff, and the rehearsal part is already done at home. Right. You know, I, I, I can't sit, teach you the songs, you know. I, I can just, like, choose, let's choose which direction we're going to go. But I'm very blessed to have people that are really driven and not just waiting, okay, so that next gig, well, let's get this over with. And, and then there's a lot of people that are done like that. I think on every level, you know, and um, you need to really surround yourself with, as, as a frontman, maybe as a woman frontman, I don't know, but you need to just feel so comfortable knowing that these people just want to play those songs. They're just eager to play those songs. And, you know, my drummer comes and say, okay, I've seen you play this song in 2004. This drummer played this. Then I've seen, you, I've seen a video of you playing this song 2008, and he played this. I can play this or this. What do you, what, which one do you want? What year 
And when did you realize that you had this special quality in as an entertainer, as a performer, that it's your whole career started to get traction, meaning that, you know, like I said, I, 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 I'd go out there 20 years ago, we'd start at zero, then five people, 10, 40, 400, and it, and it, and it started to snowball. And you have a worldwide brand. You come from Belgrade. You're you're a female front woman, and um, and and you you developed this this great career over 20 years. What year did you kind of start seeing? Hmm, something's going on here, and uh, the crowds are starting to get bigger. You know, it kind of really went natural with me, but the very first, I, I have to say, got to be from the very first uh, experience with the audience, you know, just the way they reacted. Now, my very first experience was uh, was a was a bar, uh, like a Kavana in the middle of nowhere in Serbia with my dad, and we were two-piece band, right? We had the jam sessions at home where he, he would have a few, you know, bass players come around. We never had a drummer. And we played, I remember Elmer James, and I mean, you gotta imagine this is in the middle of Serbia, right? It wasn't even Belgrade, right? And we played maybe five songs and the way those people reacted. And by the way, by chance, there was there was um, four uh, cool, young looking guys in the audience. And that happened to be my first band. You know, they saw me that evening in that place in the middle of nowhere. We formed Hush after that. So it was luck. But even those people that have really no clue about blues, you know, right. they were like, they loved it. You know, the way they react, the way they clap, the way they, wow, they surround us. There's this guy with his daughter and they're playing some weird music. Even there, I was like, wow, that that is something. Then I started playing with my band and, and uh, we got a first gig in Belgrade. And before you know it, uh, there was cameras inside that little juke joint called Vox in Belgrade. Uh, uh, television cameras filming us singing in, in English, which was really never done before, um, and playing blues, you know. So I thought, okay, that's interesting. And then at one jam, uh, American guy called Gary Sloan came and we jammed. It was a, some sort of a Belgrade blues festival, if you can call it. I, I'm not really sure what it was. And Gary Sloan, and we jammed, I played some slide, and he said, he just told me one thing. He said, wow, you know, Americans would just love you. Right. And then right there, that was my that was my invitation. I was like, you know what? If there's one guy who can say that, when you're from Serbia, you gotta you gotta hold on to anything you can get, you know, to anything that. And and that was my thing, like that. I, I can't hear that from anybody else. I'm in Belgrade, you know. So that that thing was a motor for me. And I went to Holland and tried it in Holland. Where I'm studying there, obviously. I could, you, could, you can't just go to the States, right? So you, I had to go through Holland. I got a scholarship. I was studying uh, jazz. And uh, the same thing I tried while I was broke. So I had to play music, you know. And, and, and um, you know, the only two, two weeks of, I think it was maybe a month that I have ever had a job that wasn't music was when I moved to Holland and I was working in McDonald's, which was the only place that would accept people with no working papers, right? right. And I was cycling to my job, and somebody just, um, uh, t you know, passed by me, and I, I, I flew over my bike on the ground and almost, uh, almost broke my two ar two arms. And uh, that was the moment that I said, you know what? I will, this is this is the sign, I'm gonna just do music. I need to find a job as a musician. So I, call, I called any any agent I knew back there in Holland, anybody, I said, I'm, you know, just any jam, any festival, um, 
I, I want to play, send them my CD from, from, from Hush. And that's how I started. And, and this was, and I never looked back. I never had a job that wasn't in music ever after that. So, so those, those are really all these moments. And obviously the way they reacted with Roof Records and um, my very first record was nominated for the American uh, WC Handy Award. Uh, right. That was the first record we, we just we just released it. It was nominated for the first continental European artist ever. So that that's a pretty much uh, sort of a helps you figure out why, you know, I gotta put some extra effort into this, um, you know, because it might, it might lead to a career, you know, those are the good, it went pretty fast, but I do remember being in Belgrade, you know, and looking and, and I'm, I, I remember at that time, you know, there was a lot of maybe you remember it's the same, same, you know, age, we are similar age. And, and, and you know, I'm talking about 96, right? There's a lot of old blues guys, right? There's you, right. you love BB King, you love Albert King. And guess what? Johnny Lang shows up. Hey, he, they, 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 you know, I remember seeing that he was like 16. Wow, it's just a kid. But guess what? He plays with Buddy Guy. And I mean, it's freaking possible. I remember, right. I remember looking, Sue Foley was already busy, you know, talking about women that were there, you know, even before this whole thing became like, oh, it's, it's, it's cool to have a chick in the band. Right. You know, I mean, Sue Foley was, I remember seeing ads about her from Anton's and I was like, wow, this is the coolest thing ever. Gee, there's like, you can actually be a young woman and play blues that they're gonna actually come and see you so it was a big big motor for me you know to see that that in the states that it was possible i, I right away got the idea that in europe that doesn't count much you know you can be a, a blues band in europe all your life and if if you don't resonate in the states they don't count you in unless you're maybe from british you know british right. or something. so so here's here's a question um what did they have you doing at mcdonald's what was your job? What, what, what was your job at McDonald's? Well, you know, I could make all the burgers and everything that right. was necessary, you know, and do the fries. I mean, you're asking me, it was two, uh, 99, 99, wow. one month. And then one just, month, you only worked there one month. I, I worked there for one month because I fell and I almost broke my arms, you know, and I remember standing in the shower and I couldn't move and I was like, oh, and I was studying guitar. I mean, you have to imagine, I, 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 it was my study, right? right? And back in the day, if you're from outside of European Europe, well, it's now the same. I'm sure you can't just work, you know, you can't work. But right. in my, in my uh, you know, because I was studying music, there was one line of work that I could do without having papers and that was music. And I thought at that moment, you know what, I'm going to, you, you know, you could do like 10 hours a, a week music, but, but you could do music. So I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to start making money with music. And um, that's how I, I you know, I, I met Bernard Ellison right about that same time. Uh, you know, a band, uh, blues company band from Germany. I don't know if you're aware of them. They, they've been working forever and, 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 and they've helped me a lot. And uh, you know that was a nice, another nice story. You know, I mean, Tosha from Blues Comedy. He's like, come over, bring some CDs, and you know, jam with us, and we have you as a guest for four songs. I played four songs, and I sold out all my CDs. I came back and p paid two months of rent, and I was like, you know what, this is what I want to do. Right. I want to do that. A lot of young people always ask me, and and like what you just said is a, is a is a, a greatest example of it is it's like you know joe how did you do it how how you know how do you come from upstate new york and you know end up traveling the world and you know playing music and i and i said you know i can list every day of my life from when i was a kid till now and i could tell you how i did it and why i did it but 
if you don't have tenacity, if yeah. you don't if you don't have the drive, all of it's moot. I yeah. mean, you you have the drive. You're like you're like 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 I'm going to do this, and I'm not going to take no for an answer. And that's and that's a big thing in the music business because a lot of people just. They, they, I mean, there's nobody get no, nobody's just plucked out of obscurity and the word yes is just flowing. There's yeah. always, there's always rejection, there's always setbacks, and Absolutely. you know, it, it, and I know it's a cliche question, but it, but it, but it, but it, it, um, it seems relevant. I'm like, is there anything in your career that you regret, or do you just go, you know, I'm here today and past this prologue? Oh, uh, I mean you know what i regret i i you know i mean i'm i'm so into the sound and really the music that i leave behind is very important to me you know and it's important to me like for myself i'm not interested in what people are gonna think they're gonna think what they're gonna think you know some gonna like it some gonna i know how good it is before it even hits Right. You know, the shops, the, the record. And if I if there is anything I regret, it would be more in a musical way, like maybe I shouldn't have gone this way, because now when I listen to it, I don't have love for that particular song. Right. That's really what, what, what it's all about. I mean, I'm really not worried. I'm, I'm not bothered what people say. I don't I don't read what, what they say. I know there I have some wonderful, wonderful supporters and, and fans for years, and that's really nice. But like recently, like my son wrote some songs and they're just just wonderful, you know, and he doesn't let me mess with them and and he's like I can't post it what if the people don't like you know the new generation is like it's all about are they gonna like you it's like well you don't come from a family we don't care if they're like it's you who needs to like it you need to stand behind that right as an artist you need to stand behind what you put out but but you know there will always be people that are gonna be into something else it's, uh, that should shouldn't bother you you know uh, one of the things that I one of the questions I like to ask is, would you rather be loved, hated, or tolerated? Meaning, I love Anna Pop. I can't stand Anna Popovic. Or, she's pretty good. <laughs> you know, it's so interesting. I, I just, I just, I'm not bothered with that. I just don't right. even, you know... Yeah, I want to be loved. Let all, let all of them love what I do. I mean, if you ask me. Probably the, the the middle, you know, it's just what it is. Um, you go and you look at at a video of, of Hendrix, right? Any video, and you're gonna see half of them like it, half of them hate it. You know, half of them have something else to say about it. So my idea about it, I just don't read it because I can't say, you know, what I'm gonna read it, but I'm just gonna like all, all everybody that loves it. So. Right. My idea, I just don't read it because I can't give anybody, you know, I can't give the people that love it more more credits than the people that hate it, but they're going to be there regardless. But I will tell you one thing, I as an artist, and I think that lots of artists that actually successfully do music for work, I bet you they never wrote a bad critic in their life towards somebody else. I mean, right. you know, because they know how much work it is to do anything, you yeah. know. And to bring it out and to, you know, so, so it's pretty painful to see somebody who's probably sitting around doing nothing or maybe a little frustration here and there. Um, and, and, you know, I don't have a heart, even if I don't like what somebody's doing, I don't have a heart to sit down and write the critic for that. Seriously, it's like, uh, you know, musicians wouldn't do that. So if some, it's somebody else who does it. 
Yeah, and, and, and it's you know it's called projecting. They're projecting their own frustrations on you. You know, I remember last week I was just going down a BB King internet rabbit hole, and I stumbled upon again one of the greatest clips of him. He's playing uh, Sing Sing Prison, and it's I think it's a Thanksgiving show, and you know he's the band's on fire his voice is just i mean it's so rich i mean it's just it's everything that embodied the man and and there's people who liked it and then there's like 700 people who disliked it and, and you go why are you here if he, he's like why are you here if you did to, to you know i i'll i will i will never i'll never get it tell me the story about your 64 strat what what made you gravitate to that one, or did, did it find you, or did you seek it out? Uh, well, I went to uh, to Groon's music in Nashville. I'm sure right. you're familiar. Legendary and, uh, George. Legend yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, it, you know, it was uh, back in I think 2007, and um, I I remember that um, I just found out. I'm gonna, I, I was pregnant with my son, Luke, right? And I said, you know what? My life is gonna change so much. I don't know what's gonna happen. I'm gonna play. I mean, I had no idea. Right. Although Luke was planned, obviously, but like that, just that news is like, I don't know what we're gonna do. And, and I said, you know what? I'm gonna buy myself a 64 Strat. <laughs> and the funny part about that 64 Strat, I said it a few times, is that was back in the day, one of the crises, world crises. If you remember, Euro was so high, 2006-7 that for all these times I was touring the states living in Amsterdam selling merchandise and all the $20 bills from the CDs I would just take back to Amsterdam and keep it in the closet it wasn't worth anything musicians right. in, in Europe were buying stuff in the states because it was like half the price yeah you were getting like a 30 percent right discount. yeah yeah so I had this <laughs> this much of twenty dollar bills, and Love when I, I was like in next door, I'm going, I'm going, and I'm gonna get myself a, a, a real strat. I wasn't sure, I, I didn't know which uh, uh, you know year is gonna be, but I went to Grooms and I spent half a day there. Then I remember there was a good '66 strat, mint condition, no no scratches. I mean, I I, I played this one. And um, it's got, a, you know, it's, it's beat up, but it was beat up also before I got it. it. It had some scratches, but the 66 was like a, like a mint condition and also wonderful sounding guitar. Uh, but this one, that was a magical uh, connection. I mean, I, I think it was a wild guitar. I mean, it looked like it needed to be tamed or something. Whatever, however I hit it it would respond to me different. There was a lot of life in it, and there is still a lot of life in it. I mean, I, I, I'm just amazed. I love that guitar. That's why I don't really collect uh, guitars. This is all I need, really, and then a few others, but but really, this is my main guitar. So when I finally uh, chose one, and, and I was getting ready to pay for it, I had them count 20 grand in $20 bills. <laughs> uh. They counted for an hour and a half, uh, I mean, before I could walk out. But that's how I got it. It was actually paid by merchandising the few of those years that, that I just couldn't do anything with it. That that, that sounds like George. Yeah, he, <laughs> make sure every twenty is accounted for. Hey, oh, you're, hey, you're, hey, you're one short, Anna. We can't sell you the guitar, you know. But no, we'll give you a free T-shirt. No, you know, I love these guys, and, and, and it's been a wonderful guitar. You know, and it's great too because I, you know, you play it live. You it, it travels with you, and yeah. and that's another discussion I have with a lot of musicians. They're like, "Are you crazy?" I have this and this at home, and it's in my closet. You know, I never play with it. 
But I think that if you are lucky and uh, fortunate to be able to own one of those, serious, yeah. just yeah. play it, enjoy. Life is too short, you know. Life is too short, and 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 so many musicians around the world would, would just love. I know how we were drooling around. Uh, any of these instruments back in the Serbia, we couldn't even get a hold of, of, of a custom shop back in the day, you know, um, or, or a reissue at that time, reissue, but, but, um, but um, anyhow, um, Fender is making me a model, 20 year anniversary model with John Cruz, that's going to be awesome. And Congratulations. I, and we, we chose an incredible color and everything's going to be just wonderful. I can't speak much about it because it's got to be but maybe you're gonna have me feature it on Nerdville. I will, I, absolutely. Like, okay, here's the here's the thing. You know, back in '08, Gibson approached me about doing a Joe Bonamassa Les Paul, and I was like, "You hadn't yet. Do you wanna?" Right? right? Okay. Yeah. And and we did a gold top, and I remember specifically the day it showed up. There was a knock on the door. And then there was a Gibson box. It had the little seal on top, like, uh -huh. meaning it's like, you know. And I pull it out and I look at it and I go, I cannot believe that this, you know, because if you told an eight-year-old Joe Bonamassa that one day you'd have his name on a truss rod cover on a Gibson Les Paul, I'd be like, you're out of your mind. I mean, it's it's got to be a surreal moment for you coming you know, you know, coming from like just from when you started to the '57 Strat that that your dad bought you, and then and then 20 years later, 25 years later, Fender's going, hey, we want to do an Anacaster. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, like, that's got to be it's surreal. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. And 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 John approached me when I was in uh, Nam. Uh, I don't go often, but I was there for 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 a few minutes. And and then wow, when he said that, yes, let's do it. So so we've been working on it for the for the past year, off and on, and uh, it's almost ready. So I can't wait. I, but I said I'm not a collector. I, I'm really eagerly awaiting for that one. But uh, that's gonna be. Yeah. You know, it's funny when I got my first one of these. Uh huh. In 2010. And I was paranoid. It was like I literally handcuffed the case to my wrist, okay? Because I was paying it off on time. Yeah. And somebody came up to me and said, listen, hey, you know, I see you're playing this very valuable Les Paul. Um, you know, every scratch you put on there takes $1,000 away from the value. And I was like, oh, my God. And I've been around the guitar business my whole yeah. life. Yeah. I knew it wasn't true, but it kind of, I, I was kind of flat-footed. And then about five minutes later, we're still having the conversation. I go, so you mean to tell me if I put 165 scratches on this guitar, it's worth nothing? And then <laughs> as, soon as, I, as soon as I said that, I was like, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to play them. What, what, what am I saving them for? I can't justify owning it if, 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 if it's just going to sit at home. Now, mind you, there are many guitars that just sit at home, but I do try to keep them in rotation. Oh, and it's, you know. But didn't he, didn't he forget it's going to be Joe but a muscle scratch on it? I put it's scratches on valuable guitars. Add to the value of what I'm trying to say. Yeah. If you put a scratch on it, I'm, I'm I, sure. The only scratch I regret that I, I put on a guitar, and it, it, I was having I was having a, a, a heated uh, discussion with my ex girlfriend <laughs> ten years ago. Okay, and it was it, and I put the guitar down in the case, and I went out to to finish the conversation and acquiesce to her point of view. I mean, like I, I was a, I, you know I was a little bit like. I was in a huff, but I was I, I was I was about to apologize, 
and I put this guitar down in the case, and my foot caught the cable that was on this on this very couch. It still had the orange couch, and it fell off the couch and nicked the top. I closed the case and I sold it the next day for spite. Wow. How long did it last with a girlfriend? <laughs> Not much longer. Everything everything had to go. You know, it was a new day. It was a new day. So you know, like you've played twenty five hundred shows. I read you played about twenty five hundred shows in your life. That's it's impressive. How important is the are you familiar with the concept of ten thousand hours? Meaning that, you know, you don't really start to know the macro and the and the and the and and the profession and the you know, you you're you're your area of expertise until you put 10,000 hours. Okay. Okay. You know? So I'm, I'm looking at your, your, your stats, 2,500 shows average about an hour and a half two two hours a piece. You got well over 10,000 hours on stage. How important is that stage time for an artist? Cause we live now in a virtual world where Instagram and everybody's making videos and jamming along, but they're all kind of in their living rooms, you know, um, how important is stepping on stage and having the, having the, the the fortitude to look an audience in the eye and go i'm anna popovic and you're not yeah you know that's the reason i do this all you know it's the stage it's not the records you know the records are for me necessary evil because i need more material for my band to play on stage so we don't keep doing the same show over and over again and obviously i want to test myself in different musical styles which is always to be that that's how i approach studio work is like uh it's it's a test I want to try it and I want to keep it interesting for myself because it's not the same thing over and over again. But music and stage live, that's what I live for. I mean, my DVD is called Live for Live. This is what we live for. This right. this just it's a it's a spiritual moment for me. And it always has been, you know, just just the band stepping on that stage. There's big expectations. The lights are on, you know, and, and you're going to you, you, you know, you're going to show them what you can and you're going to make them feel the way you feel. And I mean, it's, it's, it's so much more than, than just saying it's a spiritual thing. It's, it's really something I live for. I, I give myself uh, the freedom uh, to feel that way, that just on that moment, when I step on stage, nothing else matters, no matter what kind of troubles, whatever's going on back home or with your friends or what, what outside the political, whatever politics, you know, and in so many different countries, I give myself that freedom. The moment I step on that stage, it's just my time, you know, my time and my band. And, uh, you know, when, when you're uh, lucky to surround yourself with, um, with dear people, you know, musically and personally dear people that you know that they don't, they, they, they really don't want to stab you in the back or they don't want, they don't play the music for any reason, different reason than just enjoying music. I had all kinds of different people in my band. I had different, different, um, uh, you know, you know, I mean, there's been times when I didn't feel that maybe somebody is there just for the music. You know, when you have a band, uh, and I'm saying this is for everybody, yeah. where you feel that they're they're just really there to help your sound and help your music, and there is nothing else in the way. This is just the best feeling. You know, that's just just a wonderful feeling that keeps me going. You know, I mean, that really is is an inspiration, and I mean, 20 years. I'm so blessed that I am very inspired because looking back when I was starting, I'm like, man, you know, you got to bring the records and how are you going to be as inspired? I mean, as inspired in 20 years, I'm, I was afraid of the moment that I'm just not going to have the inspiration. You know, you're, you're looking like how are you going to draw that inspiration from? 
And I still can say that I, I don't think I've ever been as much inspired as, as now musically. I can do stuff. I already made songs that I mean, made mistakes with the songs that maybe I don't want to repeat. So I know what I want. It's like when you build a new house, you already done it a few times. You know what you don't want. This is like what you want. So it's like, it's great. And I really hope that that's going to keep it like that. I don't know if it will, but you know, it would be wonderful if, if, if this music keeps feeding, uh, feeding you this music world for the next 20 years. Wouldn't that be wonderful? That's a great point. I always tell people it's it's when they go hey what do you want to do it's like it's not what i want to do i know what i don't want to do yeah and and, yeah. and that's the ten thousand hours i call being on stage stepping into the eye of the hurricane <laughs> the outside world the band chaos questions yeah. business gotta be the, you got you gotta be the boss you gotta be everything yeah. you get front and center in that microphone you, you grab that that stratocaster you're in the eye of the hurricane nobody can bother you and to me it's the most peaceful place on earth is when yeah. you're up there on stage and, I, and you, you say that to people and they go what are you crazy it's you, you must be like going through i was like no 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 it's calm it's peaceful yeah. i know that I, I i i know the set list is going to be a good one i know because you know we've, we've done it before and yeah and, it, and it's it's this it's this calm that you can't explain to anybody else other than somebody who experiences that yeah. and has their own hurricane around them. You know? I agree. And you know, always the question, oh, wow, you're a musician. You must be traveling so much. Do you know that how much I travel? It never bothered me, not one time, you know? I mean, it can be exhausting, but exhausting traveling, that's one thing. Does it bother you? No, because like you live for what's going to happen tonight you know what's going to happen when you get on the stage so so you know it's it's i'll take it i'll take that part yeah. and, and i cannot thank you enough for being on our program oh you my gosh i loved it thank you you could teach a course <laughs> music on tenacity and the music business and 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 congratulations again on 20 years because it's like i'm really proud of you i'm like i'm oh, really proud of what you so you've accomplished and 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 you know you know, and and I didn't know you lived in California. We had, I, I hadn't asked you yet, but uh, welcome to the sunny place for shady people. You know, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you, and and you also all the best success, and hopefully I'll I'll see you on the road at some point soon soon, and you can get your band back on the road. Uh, hopefully, we all can. But um, either that or I'm, I'm semi-retired. Who knows? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> This, the great Anna Popovic, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. This has been another episode of Live from Nerd.